the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 27th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. We are jammed today, packed with great guests coming up in about a half an hour. We're going to talk with David Arredondo, my friend from the Lorain County Republican Party. He's the vice chair of the Republican Party in that county, which happens to be my home county. Going to break down and analyze with David the Democrat debate number one last night. Part one, I guess I should say, of debate one. The first half of debate one. And if you fell asleep during the uh, debate, you should not be ashamed. You should not feel bad. You are human. It was boring. And I I tried to eliminate, you know, this is my mistake. My big mistake last night was I didn't watch it live. I made a point of not wanting to watch it live because I knew that it would kill me to watch it live. I wanted to be able to fast forward through the commercials and uh, and make this a shorter endeavor uh, than, you know, than, it, than it had to be. Uh, so I went ahead and watched it on DVR. And come to find out, my big mistake was fast-forwarding through breaks because they were easily more exciting than the actual content coming from the 10 Democrats' lying mouths. So it was really, really weird. And I fa- I ended up fast-forwarding through most of the, the, the debating, to be quite honest with you, because it was really that boring. Shockingly, they did not mention Donald Trump very often. Uh, I mean, I just thought it would have been Trump bashing 24-7, well, 24-7, but for the duration of the of the uh, debate, and it wasn't. It also wasn't Biden bashing. It also wasn't Bernie bashing. It was pretty, it was just really boring. That's all it was. 
And uh, I've got more on that in a moment. But uh, uh, the Democratic debate, uh, Democratic debate rather, uh, David Arredondo will break down with us uh, coming up at 9.35. At 10.05 today, we talk to Dr. Everett Piper, as we do each and every Thursday, about a host of issues you're going to be very interested in. And at 10.35 today, Gary Wolski, president of the FOP, is going to be joining me to talk about uh, something that we don't talk about often. When, it talks, uh, when, when uh, we discuss police officers and the dangers that they face, And uh, the number of cops who are shot, we don't often talk about cops who take their own lives. We don't often talk about cops uh, who can't handle things after suffering some very traumatic experiences in their time on the job. PTSD is real in our soldiers, in our our, uh, uh, military uh, uh, veterans, and PTSD is real when it comes to police officers, too. And Gary Wolski is going to join us at uh, 1035 to talk about that. Top of the hour news, though, of course, is the Democrat debate. Uh, I thought Kaylee McElhaney summed, summed it up very, very nicely on Fox News. Thank you, Democrats. Thank you for helping Donald Trump last night. This is the best advertisement we could ever get with decriminalizing border crossings, uh, limitless abortion, running against the Trump economy, abolishing private health care. You can't make this stuff up. This is radical government takeover uttered from a debate stage. So thank you, Democrats, for the contribution to Trump 2020. We greatly appreciate it. I would would like to second that. I, I, I will caution just a little bit, or I will proceed with caution i i need confirmation that the vast majority of america i believe i assume but i cannot just accept it as fact that most americans oppose radical government takeover you know some americans might look at that and say yeah how do we know this because there is a significant percentage of millennials and gen zers the generation behind the millennials um that openly advocate for socialism which is a massive government takeover. So I would like to think that, hey, as, as Kayleigh McEnany said there, you know what, um, congratulations to the Democrats for helping the Trump campaign by by advocating for a, a radical government takeover um, last night from that debate stage. You are assisting Donald Trump. That's assuming there are there is a significant majority of people who oppose that radical government takeover, that government growth, uh, Medicare for all. Uh, and all the other things that uh, that came with it. A little bit more on the issue of the economy. They're always going to attack President Trump. It's what they love to do. Uh, but what's amazing here is they're running against the Trump economy. I have never met a group of people who will so willingly admit that they are running against the most successful economy in modern history. Kaylee McEnany, of course, is the uh, Trump 2020 national press secretary for the uh, Trump campaign. And uh, and she's pointing out that, the, you know, and I did. I listened to that last night, too. And I listened to so many of the Democrats on uh, 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 night number one talking about the economy is working for only the richest 1%. You know, they're, they're still stuck on the same talking points that Obama used uh, that have been debunked. You know, the 1%, 1%, 1%, the 99% of the rest of us are getting screwed, 1%, 1%. And it's such a, such a joke. It's, I mean, it's really, it's, it's a bad comedy act. Um, because this rising tide of lower taxes and less regulations and business-friendly policies has put more money in more pockets at every level of the earning income scale. All right? Everybody. And 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 it's just insane to argue otherwise, which is why Kaylee, who is, of course, uh, you know, leading the charge for Trump as the press secretary for Trump 2020, is so giddy. 
because it is insane for them to suggest that the economy is not what it is. When every American looks at their books, looks at their bills, looks at their accounts, looks at their savings, looks at their investments and sees, wow, things are doing way better here. Looking at their, their paycheck, just their higher wages. Because the manufacturing jobs have returned, the ones that Donald or uh, Barack Obama said would never come back because of uh, he did Trump didn't have a magic wand to make that happen. So, uh, so anyway, it was it was very interesting uh, in that it was so boring. There really wasn't much red meat there for even liberal Democrats to get excited about, and there wasn't that much for uh, conservative Republicans to get worried about. I yawned. I cannot tell you how many times as I watched that late last night. Again, I kind of turned it on and uh, uh, and watched it uh, last night. I watched a little bit more of it this morning. I uh, did not want to watch it live, so I did the DVR thing. I cannot tell you how many times I yawned through it. And maybe it was just the hour. Yeah, but I don't think so. I think it was a perfect cure for insomnia. Listen to the Democrats. Now, I will not suggest that, that it's going to be the same exact way tonight. I don't think so. I think there were more heavy hitters on the stage for, for part two. I think Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are going to be very, very interesting to see if they go after each other as much as I expect them to go after Donald Trump. Um, but the first one was not necessarily you know exciting for anybody. Uh, they argued about some very... Uh, generic things, you know, as Kaylee said, they did argue, many of them, for open borders, as one would expect, and into the quote-unquote humanitarian crisis uh, that, did, that did not exist just three, four months ago. Because of Second Amendment, that, all of these kind of... Cory Booker, love that. Cory Booker was among those who said um, that... Uh, you should need a license to buy a gun. You should need a license to buy a gun. And Kimberly Strassel of the Wall Street Journal's response to me was epic. Glad you said that live on stage, Corey. Now we know. Waiting on him, uh, waiting for him to also call for a license to practice free speech and a license to prevent, prevent search and seizure and a license for states' rights. In other words, we have constitutional rights to those things. You don't have to apply for a license to have your rights respected. But that's what they do. That's what the Democrats do. This is, this is the insanity of it all. And so, so that was good news. Uh, Robert O'Rourke, I still refuse to call him Beto if I can remember. Robert O'Rourke, described by many as the big loser last night because he had several clashes with his opponents, uh, Bill de Blasio, among others, and um, his little Spanish-speaking trick did not move the needle. In fact, it alienated a lot of people. It, it, it angered a lot of people because it was just flat-out pandering to the Hispanics in Miami. Remember this was held in Miami uh, to the Hispanic population down there uh, as if to say, I'm one of you, and he spoke in Spanish. It was just ridiculous. It was pandering. It was petty. And according to Frank Luntz and his focus groups, uh, uh, Robert O'Rourke was easily the big loser last night. He wasn't the only one who pulled this, by the way. And by the way, Ben Shapiro was even better. I love this. Ben, Sh- uh, ben Shapiro, uh, the conservative co- uh, uh, pundit and commentator, uh, tweeted yesterday in uh, response to O'Rourke speaking Spanish and a couple others did it too. Uh, ben Shapiro tweeted, wait till Warren starts speaking Cherokee. Now that is how you dig somebody. That is how you uh, twist the screws on somebody. But they didn't have anything. They really didn't. You know, you had Julian Castro. Here's your line of the night. Julian Castro demanding 
that men be allowed to have abortions. That's right. Julian Castro called for men to be able to have abortion rights. You know, men who think that they're women, men who are trans women, should be allowed to have abortion rights. I don't care how bright red the lipstick some guy puts on is or how tight the pantyhose he might put on uh, is, uh, but I'll tell you what, ain't nobody without a uterus getting pregnant. And ain't nobody that isn't pregnant that needs an abortion. Sorry to break up your little, uh, you know, let's identity politic our way to relevancy here, Julian, but uh, it's not going to work. That's just about insane. He literally said that men should be allowed to have uh, uh, reproductive rights or abortion rights as well. Okay, just just kind of kind of curious about how that that's that's going to work. So we've got all of that to dig into. The picture that has gone viral that we discussed on the program yesterday has gotten more attention. As people like Robert O'Rourke go to Twitter and declare Donald Trump is responsible for this, the picture, of course, is of the uh, migrant, uh, the Salvadoran, I believe it is, father and daughter who uh, drowned trying to cross the Rio Grande to get into the United States illegally, drawn here, lured here by the carrot uh, that the Democrats offer, which is free admission. Bring a kid, get in, and we'll let you go. Catch and release. They're drawn here by the Democrat policies, and yet Donald Trump is responsible for this according to the left. So that is getting more legs. We're going to talk about that as we continue as well. Uh, the migrant crisis uh, and the problems there, the problems on the border, the humanitarians, the liberal hypocrisy, and so on and so forth. Humanitarian crisis, that would be. So all of that is coming up. Tom Holman really went off on the Democrats and really went off on the media for this uh, as, as well today. I'm going to share his. He's the new border czar for President Donald Trump. So we're going to share his thoughts on this. And again, I've got great guests, as I said. Uh, coming up, David Arredondo. I got Dr. Everett Piper. I got uh, FOP uh, President uh, uh, Gary Wolski all on the program today. And of course, I invite you at 216-901-0945 to jump in when you want, whenever you're ready. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Right back after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. All right, 925 now, the Bob Branch Authority continuing, and 1420, the answer. I want to hit this real quick, also going back to the migrant crisis, and because uh, I posted something yesterday uh, on my social media. If you follow me on social media, uh, you've seen it. If you don't follow me, you should. Uh, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z, radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores. France Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Parler, which, again, is P-A-R-L-E-R. I've had people asking me why they can't find it. They're spelling it wrong. It's Parler E-R. It's a French word that means to talk. Anyway, I posted on my social media last night a link to a story from businessinsider.com, and the headline is, Sickening Photos of the Humanitarian Crisis at U.S. Border Detention Centers. And it shows these quote-unquote cages, meaning fenced-in areas, with a bunch of uh, illegal immigrants and migrants and wannabe asylum uh, claimants and so on and so forth all sitting in these facilities. And it's right, it's a common thing we've been hearing and seeing in these last couple of weeks, particularly ever since um, Alexandria Damasio-Cortez declared that they're more like concentration camps, right? So this has been a, a you know a moving story. 
sickening photos of the humanitarian crisis at U.S. border detention centers. And I posted the story with the pictures and the the text, which says a staggering crisis on the U.S.-Mexico border has left federal officials scrambling to provide basic human necessities to thousands of undocumented immigrants, most of them unaccompanied children who have flowed over the divide. All right? Uh, This is huge. This is what's going on right now. It's a massive humanitarian crisis, and these pictures should be, you know, devastating to to everyone because they're horrific. They're really, really hard to watch and hard to look at. Right? It's terrible. So I posted this on my social media last night just to get everybody's anger all ginned up, and then I told everybody, by the way, in really small, faded out print underneath the headline, you know what you'll see there? A date. You know what that date is? June 16th, 2014. June 16th of 2014. Why didn't we hear about this then? What's different today, June of 2019, from June of 2014? Probably the fact that Donald Trump was not president then. Who built these cages, as they're being called, for the migrants and the migrant children? Who is responsible for these, quote, sickening photos of the humanitarian crisis at the U.S. border detention centers? Donald Trump, who in 2014 was a real estate mogul in New York? Or President Barack Obama and his administration? Quite obviously, the answer is President Barack Obama. But why didn't we hear about it? Why did the media largely ignore this? And why weren't the same... they screaming about these detention centers then? Why weren't they blaming Barack Obama for the horrific conditions of the migrants being held at these border detention centers in 2014? They are accusing Donald Trump of quote-unquote caging children at the border. Ask Barack Obama who built the cages. Ask Tom Homan, President Trump's border czar, but who was also Barack Obama's top immigration chief in charge of removing illegal immigrants at that time. Ask who built those facilities. The answer will be Tom Homan and Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson under Barack Obama. These very same conditions that people are just outraged about today were going on under Barack Obama's watch and, in fact, were instituted under Barack Obama's watch. You didn't hear one word of condemnation for Barack Obama or his administration in 2014 when this is going on. Now that 15,000 illegal migrants are in a facility designed for 4,000 because of the luring of more Central Americans to this country by the Democrats, Now they're screaming that Donald Trump is responsible for it. It is beyond dishonesty. It it is, I mean, seriously, this isn't just, you know, political maneuvering. This is bald-faced lying to the American people. 
In 2014, it was far worse under with far fewer um, uh, migrants coming, and yet nothing to to uh, Barack Obama. They want to blame all of this on Donald Trump. These disgusting, reprehensible demon rats must be called out for who they are, including everyone on that stage last night and everybody who's coming onto the stage tonight. David Arredondo, vice chair of the Republican Party of Lorain County, is going to join me right after this on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. I was just looking at another tweet by Representative Alexandria Damasio-Cortez. Last week she tweeted, I mean, she she tweeted this 17 hours ago, tweeting, quote, Last week we called the concentration camps at the border for what they are. In the week since, Acting Director of Customs and Border Patrol resigned. Bank of America announced they will stop financing for-profit immigrant detention in private prisons. Words matter. Um... Memo to Damasio Cortez. Number one, you continue to insult Holocaust survivors and families every single time you call these detention centers concentration camps. Holocaust survivors were forced into concentration camps at the point of a gun. Holocaust survivors were captured and dragged or marched to concentration camps. The migrants that are being held in the detention facilities at our southern border can avoid those concentration camps, as you call them, by simply turning around and walking the other direction. It is an insult to the memory of those who suffered in real concentration camps for you to continue using that comparison. That's number one. And number two, the concentration camps that you call them, the border facilities, the detention facilities, again, were built by and policy established by the Barack Obama administration, and you said nothing. Now, admittedly, five years ago, in 2014, when all this went down, you were just, uh, I don't know, uh, getting your bartending license and learning how to make a rum and coke because you couldn't spell rum. But uh, admittedly, but the point is, you know about this now. Where's your condemnation for them? You have none because you're a hypocrite. You have none because you're trying to pin the blame for all of the world's ills on Donald J. Trump. And uh, it's not going to happen on our watch. All right, David Arredondo joins us now. David Arredondo is the vice chair of the Republican Party in Lorain County, which, again, is my home county, and it's always good to talk to David, who's got some really interesting analysis of the Democrat debate last night, as shared with me in an email uh, overnight. Hey, David, how are you this morning? Good morning, Bob. I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, my friend. I'm good. I was. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I I slept well last night. The Democrats put me I, into an I early slumber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a boring I, debate, wasn't I, it? I I had a good night uh, sleep. Uh, I am ecstatic by uh, what I saw last night, as far as uh, you know, the so-called debate. How, a debate is actually discussing and challenging one another on issues. These guys were just. You know, agreement in in virtually everything from top to bottom, and it was certainly boring. 
You know what's interesting about that, David? And I agree, they were. They were kind of all on the same page on everything. They didn't turn and challenge one another. I mean, once in a while, de Blasio and, and yeah. uh, Robert yeah. O'Rourke got right. into it a little bit on, on yeah. a couple of things. But mm-hmm. but by and large, you're right. They're all for uh, bigger government. They're all for free college. They're all for Medicare for all. They're all for open borders. They, they kind of made all of that clear. But what was surprising, while they didn't challenge each other very much, they also didn't go after Donald Trump very much. And I'm wondering if uh, they realize that they are the low single-digit polling uh, uh, candidates right now, and they really don't have the uh, the authority to go after the president in such a way. They got to kind of kind of stand out from one another. And I think tonight in round two, when Biden and Sanders and some other bigger names get on that stage, it's probably going to be different. Um, I, I wonder if it is. Uh, I, that might be a very good observation. I think they must have uh, agreed that they would focus on what they were for as opposed to what they're against. I think that may come at a later debate, or it may come, in fact, tonight as the big guns come out and uh, probably go after uh Trump a little more than what you saw last night. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I was I was a little surprised about that. But given that they wanted to really promote this this far left agenda of being strongly anti capitalist, looking for more regulation, mm-hmm. uh calling the large corporations and the rich uh, oppressors of the masses who are exploited and victimized looking for that 70%, 70% tax rate, and then free everything. Kimberly Strassel, who you, who's with the Wall Street Journal, and you mentioned earlier, and I believe in your broadcast, mentioned in a tweet that uh, used the debate as a drinking game, if you guys <laughs> know what a drinking game is. Every time you hear the word free uttered, take a drink. <laughs> That well, you know, just make sure you collect the car keys before you start that game because everyone would be destroyed. <laughs> exactly, it was a it was a great uh, tweet, uh, and it looks to me that uh, the consensus this morning is that Elizabeth Warren was the uh, head and shoulders uh, uh, winner. I I am of the opinion that uh, she is getting the favorite treatment thus far. It's been happening for a few weeks now. And this is the same mainstream media that tipped the 2016 Republican primary coverage on behalf of Donald Trump. Uh, You may be aware or recall that I was a strong backer of Marco Rubio and was uh, one of his you know, designated delegates, uh, mm. that didn't get me to Cleveland that way. But in any event, I was furious during that uh, that year of uh, 2015 and 16 of the debates that Donald Trump was getting all of this exposure. And it was clear that the media wanted Trump to win because they knew that he was the weakest guy and would just get buried by Hillary Clinton. And we saw how that came out. So I think in similar fashion, there is a little hand on the scale at this point for Elizabeth Warren. Um, There may be, uh, David Arredondo, but I would would challenge you to a small extent that she, even with that thumb on the scale, 
that she was the winner last night. Um, if you judge it, you know, everybody has a, a certainly their own opinion on it, but if you judge it by Google Trends, uh, the number of people or the number of times somebody was searched last night, and even just a, you know, a little straw poll on, uh, on uh, the Drudge Report, the mm-hmm. name that, the name that came out the biggest and maybe ahead was Tulsi Gabbard, believe it or not. Um, she, yeah. she was favored by the Drudge, Drudge Report, Drudge Report, and more people looked her up than anybody else on that stage as it was going on last night. That that is absolutely correct. Uh, she did uh, shine. Uh, I am uh, concerned about her uh, rise if she is to be. Uh, if she would be the the candidate, I think she would be very formidable as a female. Uh, she's a war veteran. She's uh, very good looking, and according to the the Drudge report, uh, the Drudge poll, she got forty six percent of the vote of, uh, you know, online, uh, mm-hmm. spontaneous type of thing. Elizabeth Warren was the next in uh, second place with 11%. So, right. you know, that's an unscientific poll. Uh, it, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, I, it strikes me that uh, conservatives tend to, uh, to follow the drudge, and so I'm not sure what that means, that they were impressed with her, that they voted for her. But uh, I'm looking at some of the, you know, the various news articles this morning and um, a number of, of conservative writers as well as uh, moderate writers are speaking about uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren having uh, dominated it and set the stage in the first uh, couple minutes uh, talking about a restructuring of, of the economy and uh, it looked like a number of candidates then had to respond to uh, what her message was. I mean, well, let's let's the, respond, the, David. Yeah. David, let me interrupt for a second. Let's respond to something else Elizabeth Warren said. Since we're on that subject, it's part of what you actually wrote in your email to me and several others. By the way, did you post that anywhere on social media? Because I thought it was really good. Your your eight point analysis of the debate last night. Is this posted anywhere? I didn't get that uh, yet, but uh, as soon as you we should talk, do that. Uh, we, we, yeah, it's going up on uh, Zorin County Republican Party. Uh, I, I think, yeah, uh, you should put uh, it on and, your Facebook page or wherever own, you yeah. can, because it's, sure. it's, well, yeah. it's well done. That's why I called you, obviously, well, and you. said, hey, Dave, let's I, do this. Uh, point I number six in your eight you. points of analysis was Elizabeth Warren saying, we are a democracy, Congress must conform to the will of the people. Um, it's amazing how many Democrats don't understand that we are not a democracy. They, they don't understand what this country actually is and the system of representation upon uh, upon which it relies. Oh, they they understand. They just don't want to accept it. And this is at the heart of this popular vote uh, effort to uh, change the Constitution or at least laws that will allow for the a popular vote to prevail as a, in, instead of the electoral college. They fail to understand that, and they don't want to, is that we are a republic composed of 50 states. Uh, we elect our officials to, to go to the state legislature or to go to Washington to, to vote on behalf of their respective constituents, and we go by the majority rule. Um, they don't want that kind of law. They, the only laws they want are the ones that they can enforce on other people. All other laws are subject to disregard. Look at sanctuary cities, open borders, uh, no respect for, uh, you know, immigration law. 
that's what the the Democrat mindset is is these days. Unfortunately, it, you know, it is, and it wasn't always that way. David, uh, point number three on your list of eight, we can't go through all of them, obviously, because of time constraints, mm-hmm. but I want to hit mm-hmm. two more real quick. Point number three, you pointed out uh, from the, the debate stage last night, the answer is to give the victimized masses um, free stuff, free college, forgiveness of loans, free medical care, free prescription drugs, all of these things uh, listed. And we have seen almost all of these things tried in other countries as well, and they inevitably fail. And the people who are, I mean, I, I, I have a friend, a Canadian friend, who literally two weeks ago had a heart attack, and he is back home, a massive heart attack with 90% blockage in one of his arteries. He was back home in three days. And I said, why are you home? Why aren't you, why aren't you convalescing under doctor's care from this? And his response to me was free health care. That's the Canadian system. When you have free health care, they limit the resources they will give you because there is a massive line of people in, uh, you know, waiting for beds and waiting for services. And that's why so many of them come down here for their health care. So anyway, this is what they're doing last night in the debate stage. They're proposing more of that. Well, of course they are. And that's going to be a tough sell to uh, the mainstream of, uh, of Americans. Uh, we we know from um, in our studies of political science that uh, the will in will move to the left will move to the right, and then when it comes to the general election, they'll uh, kind of uh, inch over to the center left or the center right in order to appeal to independent voters. These guys are so far to the left on so many issues, I really find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to do that. And one case in point, they, um, the media and analysts talk so much about the 2018 election and how they attribute it to, uh, you know, the Democrat, uh, Democrats taking over Congress, to suburban voters who were willing to uh, vote for them, I really don't think that this kind of message of taxing the rich, of increasing, um, you know, the burden on voters in Westlake and in Rocky River and in Independence is going to gain them a, a lot of votes. And that's going to be a lot of backpedaling to try to reach those people but uh, Donald Trump and uh, his campaign is just going to rip them apart and uh, not let voters forget these positions that they have taken at this point. We'll have to end it there, David, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when the next 10, especially the uh, front runners, people like uh, Biden and uh, Bernie, get their crack at it tonight, see if they go after Trump a little bit more and see if President Trump is uh, goaded into responding uh, via live tweeting, which some uh, he suggested he might have done yesterday. Instead, he called it what you and I called it, boring. But uh, we'll watch tonight as well, and we'll see as this thing yeah. uh, plays out, uh, how it goes, and we'll definitely have you back on for more analysis. I appreciate your time, I- David. I appreciate it, Bob. I'll be watching, and I'm going to take your suggestion of DVRing it and then fast-forwarding through the commercials. I like yeah, that. Well, either that, either that, either that, or do yourself a favor and watch the commercials and fast-forward through the debate. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a better idea. <laughs> hey, thanks, David, thanks so much, Bob. You Have got a- it. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, for coming on. Uh, it's nine forty-nine. Right back after this on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Bob France. Here on AM 1420, The Answer.
All right, friends, it's uh, 9.55, and I've got, uh, I've got some updating to do for you. The first one is to say, outstanding job. Seriously, you absolutely killed it yesterday. When I told you we needed at least three to be on pace, three $100 donors yesterday to Alliance Defending Freedom. And we needed to do that for the next three days to reach our goal by the end of the month of June. You came through with five $100 donations yesterday. That was spectacular. Absolutely wonderful. Great job. Keep that up. And now we only need five more. And we need to do that over the next three days. Let's not limit it. Let's do five more today. Let's do five more tomorrow. Let's do five more on Saturday. Let's continue to get. Look, I've been telling you about Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, I've been partnering with them for the last few months, particularly in this month of June, this very special appeal that we have been making to you because I and we value the basic freedoms this country was founded upon. I know you do, too. I know you do. I've met so many of people in this audience, uh, this radio audience, at um, events where your audience is uh, to stage programs and presentations and, and speeches that I may give. Um, I know you trust, uh, I trust you on this, and I know you trust me when I tell you this is a great place to donate your money, tax deductible. Freedom in America is under serious attack. And the Alliance Defending Freedom, well, they're on the front lines. They've been fighting for our freedom, your freedom, for 25 years. And as we help, they are able to do this at no charge. I want you to listen to Alliance Defending Freedom attorney David Cortman. One case can cost from a million to two million dollars. Your typical person who's getting bullied by the government doesn't have the ability to fight back in most instances because who can hire a lawyer and pay them a million dollars or two million dollars to fight against the government? And yet that's what it takes to go through and that's why it's important for people to support the work is because we come alongside everyday citizens who say, you know what, I think the government has gone too far. Here I am trying to run my business, whatever it happens to be. I'm a, I'm a florist, I'm a photographer, I'm a counselor. But now you have the government reaching into that relationship saying, well, not only are we going to get involved here, we're going to tell you what you can and cannot say. And the only thing you can say is what we officially agree with and nothing else. That's what we're facing, my friends, and it has to stop. The government goes too far. And the question is, is are we willing to fight for our freedom? If attacks on freedom can happen to these everyday Americans that I've told you about for the last few weeks, they can happen to you your business, your children, their schools, their facilities. That's why we're asking for your help. So we began this partnership with the goal of raising $4,500. That's just from AM 1420, The Answer. Salem stations all over the country have similar goals, and we have to meet ours to help Alliance Defending Freedom. So we had to raise $4,500. Our campaign ends on Sunday, on June 30th, the end of the month. So this is our last chance, and we need at least five more $100 donors. If you can give a $100 gift, um, our goal will be met, and we will give Alliance Defending Freedom the necessary funds that they need to uh, protect our freedom. So please, this number, I'm going to give it to you again, 800-691-8969. You did a great job yesterday. Do it again today if you've been on the brink, you've been on the, on the, on the, on the verge of, of donating, you just haven't had the time to call, or maybe you're just not sure if it's worth your money. Believe me, you're going to give charitable donations. I know this is a charitable audience, again, because I've met you. You're going to give money to charity anyway. I, I can think of few as important as the ones that defend and protect our freedom. This ministry needs your help. 800-691-8969. 
That's 800-691-8969. If you can donate $100, if you can donate more than that, please do it. Again, it'll come back to you in the form of of, uh, of tax uh, 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 do- uh, deductions. Please give that money to 800-691-8969. Now, if you don't have the phone nearby, but you've got a browser in front of you, maybe you're listening at work, go ahead and tap out whkradio.com. Very simple. Go to the Alliance Defending Freedom banner you see at the top of the page. Click it. And then uh, it will take you to the Freedom Fund page where you can very easily make your $100 donation. Just give your uh, credit card information and you are good to go. Please help us. We're almost there. We've got five more. If we can do all five of them today, everything we do the rest of the month is gravy. Let's get it done, please. Our freedoms defend, depend upon this. 800-691-8969 is the number. Please uh, dial that number now and give your donation. And we're back after the news with Dr. Everett Piper, AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 